My name is Grant, one of the pastors here. Uh, so thankful to be here with you guys this morning. Hope you're able to fight through some of the traffic that they're doing out there this morning. So, so glad to see you guys here. Uh, thanks for watching online. To you, those who uh, are still at home, uh, we are uh, so glad you're joining us online. I just want to say hey and a shout out to you guys as well. Uh, so, we're in this series called Tell Me Something Good. Uh, I wanted to tell you guys something good. Today, today is National Cinnamon Bun Day, right? Yeah, here we go. So, that's something good right there. Um, so, yeah, so today is National Cinnamon Bun Day. Um, uh, so in the past couple weeks, we looked at John chapter 1, we looked at John chapter 3. Today we're going to be spending our time in John chapter 3, verses 22 through 36. Uh, just to recap where we're at, we're in the book of John. Uh, John is one of the, the four gospels. It's the fourth, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, what's unique to John is that 90% of what we see in the book of John is unique specifically to that book. It was written by John, uh, go figure, one of the original 12 disciples, um, and he left his career behind to follow Jesus. He left his career behind to follow Jesus. And we'll see this theme of believe throughout the book of John. And so a form of the word believe appears nearly 100 times throughout the book of John. Um, and so it's a recurring theme, uh, and that uh, phrase, or excuse me, that word believe occurs here in the book of John uh, more so than anywhere else in the Bible. It's the purpose of this book, and it's a reminder to us that we see in the book of John of our mission to simply help people find and follow Jesus so they too would believe. Um, so let's get to it. Uh, I'm going to start off with this morning's big takeaway. Uh, it's going to pop up on the screen, and it is to make Jesus greater. Make Jesus greater. What this means and what, and what we're saying about this is, is to bring attention to, to exalt Jesus, to make his name above every other name, um, to give him all the honor and glory and praise that's due to him. We did a great job. Uh, thank you, Keaton, and the team this morning for leading us in worship this morning of singing these songs, that we would give um, Jesus praise, that we would make his name great and make the kingdom of Jesus greater, uh, to make his name known. So we're going to have you guys say, make Jesus greater on the count of three. One, two, three. Make Jesus greater. Uh, we're going to do it one more time. Act like you were yelling at the TV last night in the middle of the football game, okay? Uh, here we go. Again, make Jesus greater. One, two, three. Make Jesus. There you go. Now you're yelling at the Razorbacks. There we go. Uh, much, much better. So in this passage, uh, we're going to be looking at this person, John the Baptist. Uh, going to go ahead and talk about him a little bit before we jump into reading. John chapter 3. Uh, to clarify, uh, the guy who wrote the book of John is a different guy than John the Baptist. Uh, we read the story of Jesus and his birth in Luke chapter 2. John the Baptist's birth story is in Luke chapter 1. Um, and so they're right uh, beside each other there. Uh, John was born to elderly parents, Zechariah and Elizabeth. Uh, the angel Gabriel came to Mary to tell her um, that she was going to be uh, giving birth and carrying the child, uh, carrying the Savior of the world. Six months before that, the angel Gabriel visits uh, John the Baptist's father, Zechariah, and tells him that they are to be expecting a son. Uh, he says he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. We see that in Luke chapter 1. Verse 16, uh, John the Baptist's mom, Elizabeth, is visited by Mary, the mother of Jesus, and they were relatives. And so Mary comes to go and visit Elizabeth um, when she finds out that she is to carry the Savior of the world. Uh, so John the Baptist was not like the other Jews during his time. Uh, he didn't dress like everyone else. He wore a garment uh, made of uh, camel's hair. So yay for that. Um, he ate differently. Uh, he ate whatever the desert offered. Uh, he ate locust and wild honey. Hashtag no thank you. Um, 
And then, so uh, he didn't get to eat cinnamon buns, unfortunately, uh, but he was described as a barbarian. Uh, he lived outside of town. He lived out in the wilderness. He looked different. He acted different. Um, but when he began his ministry, people came from the surrounding areas to hear him speak and to see him baptize people. He made a difference. Um, and so he's called the Baptist. You can check out this photo. Um, so, yeah, for the last time, stop doing that to the pets. John the Baptist is a kid when he's baptizing pets. That's not really, you know, he didn't really baptize pets. Um, but, yeah, he did baptize people. That's where his name comes from. But John the Baptist baptized people, but he did so much more. That's what we're going to be looking at uh, today, a little bit about him. Uh, Matthew 11, verse 12 is going to be up on the screen. We'll describe him as this. And from that time, John the Baptist began preaching until now. The kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. Could you imagine if that could be said of you? From the moment like you began your ministry, from the moment you began living for Jesus, the kingdom was forcefully advancing. Can you imagine that being described about you? John was to be the forerunner to Jesus. He was to be, uh, to be the announcer, the preparer. He was going to prepare the way, pave the way for Jesus, and be the forerunner. Uh, and so we're going to use this example of like paving a road. Um, you're going to see a picture pop up uh, from the Roman road system. Uh, this is uh, a picture from um, one of those roads that was built. Uh, it was believed to have begun being built in 312 B.C., uh, was the first type of road system of its kind. It was amazing that they accomplished what they accomplished in building this road system and stretched all over Italy to Britain, to Spain, and to northern Africa. would have taken around a few hundred years to complete. <clears throat> and I feel like Interstate 30 has taken a few hundred years to complete as well. It was made up of thousands of miles of roadway. Primarily for military reasons, it allowed them to expand the Roman Empire to grow and allowed for migrations of people to take place. And God would later use it for the expansion of the gospel, for the expansion of the kingdom. And the gospel would actually be able to be spread out to other surrounding areas because of the Roman road. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into it. John chapter 3, you can open up. Uh, you may have uh, your Bible with you. You may have a Bible app, and it's also going to be on the screen behind me. If you will follow along, we'll look at John chapter 3. Verses 22 through 26. Uh, verse 22. Um, then Jesus and his disciples left Jerusalem and went into the Judean countryside. Jesus spent some time with them there, baptizing people. Okay, so Jesus and his disciples arrive on the scene. They're here in this countryside, and they begin baptizing. Um, verse 23. At this time, uh, John the Baptist was baptizing at Anon near Salim because there was plenty of water there, and people kept coming to him kept coming to him for baptism. Verse 24, this was before John was thrown into prison. Verse 25, a debate broke out between John's disciples and a certain Jew over ceremonial cleansing. Verse 26, so John's disciples came to him. They come to John and said, Rabbi, the man you met on the other side of the Jordan River, the one you identified as the Messiah, is also baptizing people, and everybody is going to him instead of coming to us. Everybody is going to him instead of coming to us. So at this time, John is like the, the more well-known, the more well-liked, the more popular, if you want to say, guy in Israel. He's been teaching. Uh, he would have been uh, the last prophet from the Old Testament before Jesus arrives and begins his ministry. So people come from all over to hear him preach. They come from all over to be baptized by him. And so John's disciples are used to that. He, he, he's it. Like, he's the guy. Um, he, he's the main guy that everybody wants to come talk to. But then Jesus arrives, and Jesus comes on the scene, 
And what's their response? They're upset. They're aggravated. They're, they're, they're not liking how somebody else is getting all of this attention. And they were prideful of what they had, and they didn't want anybody else to take it from them. We see their attitude and their motive was not where it needed to be. It was not where it needed to be. They were attached to the man, but not the message. They were attached to the man, John the Baptist, but not the message that he had been preaching. The Bible says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. In James chapter 4, Philippians 2, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. So let's just be honest right now. Do you ever find yourself in that same boat? Hey, I see things going better somewhere else, and I'm getting upset, and I'm getting jealous. When you are serving Jesus, are you ever upset while you're serving Jesus? Are you ever upset about what's taking place somewhere else? You ever see, man, why, why can't that happen to me? Or why can't I be doing those things? Do you ever find yourself just jealous of others in ministry? John was doing kingdom work, but yet his status and popularity was going down. And Jesus' was increasing. What about have you ever criticized somebody who was faithfully doing God's work? Have you ever just been so upset with somebody? We see the crowds going elsewhere. We see this person getting more attention. What about other churches in our town? in our state, in our country, other ministries, other small groups? Do you ever get upset when we're not getting noticed while doing kingdom work? Um, but So here's the thing. I, I love John's response. I love this passage. I love this uh, verse we're going to get to later, John 3.30. Um, but John's response is good. He's going to give us an answer, and then he's going to give um, right after that an example, an illustration of what he means. So let's look at how John the Baptist responds. Uh, continue reading with me through on verse 27 and verse 28. Uh, verse 27, John replies, after hearing this, you know, they come up to him and say, everybody's going to him. Everybody's going over there to see Jesus. John replied, no one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. You yourselves know how plainly I told you, I am not the Messiah. I'm only here to prepare the way for him. I'm only here to prepare the way for him. So John tells them no man can receive more than what God has given to them. He's pretty much saying that if people are going to him, being Jesus, it's because God's doing it. God is the one that's at work over there. We don't need to be getting upset at that. Remember, people were still coming to John. In verse 23, we said at this time, John the Baptist was baptizing them, and people kept coming to them. And then the disciples run up to him and say, but everybody's going over there. I mean, they're getting upset. If we want to see this kind of attitude, we'll run over to HC Kids. Somebody took their toy. John is saying that if people are going over there, it's because God is doing it. John, in verse 28, reminds them that he has come to prepare the way. John reminds them that he's the forerunner. He's the announcer. He's here to pave the way. He's the preparer for the greater one who was to come. Make Jesus greater. Make Jesus greater. To bring attention to, to exalt, to make the name of Jesus greater than all other names. John the Baptist is trying to get that point across. That's why he's been doing what he's been doing. That's why he's doing what he's doing here in this passage. Make the kingdom greater. It's God's kingdom. It's not mine. It's not yours. It's his. John's responsibility is one of humility. And his disciples is one out of pride, out of selfish gain. So he kind of gives them this straight answer. 
And then he continues speaking here in John 3, verse 29. Uh, John gives us his picture here. Uh, he said, it is the bridegroom who marries the bride, and the bridegroom's friend is simply glad to stand with him. He, give, he gives us this illustration. He kind of gives him an answer, saying, I told you I'm not the Messiah. I'm here to prepare the way. And he says, the bridegroom's friend is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. Therefore, I am filled with joy. I am filled with joy at his success. So in Scripture, we see often this picture of the bride and bridegroom take place. Um, and here, John refers to himself as the friend of the bridegroom, what we today would call the groom. Um, and so there's this illust um, illustration I want to share with you guys about what, what a Jewish wedding would have looked like in the time of Christ. Um, and the friend of the bridegroom would have been called uh, the Shoshman, if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, he had a unique place. Um, he uh, performed a lot for the wedding, a lot more than what you would see uh, maybe the best man or the friend of the, uh, of the bridegroom do today. Uh, read you off some of his responsibilities. He was in charge of preparations, the wedding ceremony, the reception afterward. Uh, the friend of the bridegroom was the most trusted friend. He was in charge of all the Instagram posts that took place after that. Um, he was delivering messages to them from each other. Uh, he also sent out wedding invitations. He was in charge of personally inviting people. His objective was to make the wedding celebration a time of rejoicing uh, for the bride and groom, their families, and all that were in the bridal chamber. And when it became night, he would wait and listen for the sound of the bridegroom's voice. And when he heard his voice, he would wait and listen to it, and he would recognize it and let him in to the bridal chamber and go away rejoicing because he knew the bride and the bridegroom were now together. His, respons his responsibilities as the friend to the bridegroom, we're now finished. Uh, I had the, uh, the opportunity to play this role yesterday at my brother's wedding. I was not the shoshman. I didn't have to do all that or make a whole lot of Instagram posts. Uh, thankfully, I didn't have to do that much, uh, but I was able to see this take place, and I was able to have joy, have joy to see the bride and, and, and the bridegroom come together, share their vows, and go away joyfully. John recognized his role, and he compares it to that of the friend of the groom. Do all the work to get the wedding ready and then take the back seat. Put in all the time and effort to make sure everything goes well, everything goes perfect. And then I'm not going to take any of the credit. I'm not center stage. But I'm going to do all the work, all that it takes to be necessary to allow what needs to happen to take place. That was John's attitude. And weddings are work, right? What color do you do this? What color do you, color do, you do that? Uh, but he was friend of the, of the bridegroom. Verse 29 says, I am filled with joy at his success. And that's tough. It's tough to see somebody be successful. When you know you've been putting in all that hard work. And to see somebody else take credit for it. But John says here, his attitude is heart. He says, I am filled with joy at his success. At his success. He was simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. Uh, let's keep reading John chapter 3, verse 30. Love, love, love this verse. Um, says, very simply put, he must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. And so the word must here takes place twice in this verse. Uh, the word must, translated from Greek uh, to our language, comes uh, across like this, a divine plan of God in a person's life. So John is pretty much saying, that is my purpose given to me from God, is to make him greater and greater and make myself less and less. 
So now John wasn't a nobody. He wasn't just some random character. Uh, his role was significant. He was saying to think of yourself less, not to think less of yourself. And if anyone ever deserved to brag, it was John. Look here, Matthew chapter 11, verse 11. What Jesus says about John, he says, I tell you the truth, of all who have ever lived, none, none is greater than John the Baptist. Yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. John was a great man. Jesus knew that. But John's response is simply to make Jesus greater. Make Jesus greater. Make Jesus greater. That is God's plan for my life. John knew his role was to point others to Jesus. John was not the story. He just needed to help share the story. He has an opportunity to take center stage here. I mean, everybody's coming to him. His disciples are coming to him saying, are you the Messiah? Are you the one that's been talked about? Are you the one that we've all been waiting for? And he could have easily said, yes, I'm the one. He had the crowds. He had the following. He had people looking to him to see if he was that guy. But instead of taking center stage, he just takes the back seat. He says, I'm just a friend of the bridegroom. I'm here to prepare the way and give him all the glory and to make his name greater. He had the kingdom mindset that whatever I do, whatever work I'm putting into it, it's to make Jesus greater. Whatever things I go through in church, whatever things I go through, whatever ministries I'm serving in, whatever work I'm doing for the kingdom, it's to make Jesus greater, not to make my, not to make my name greater. That was John's heart. That was his mindset. Uh, Matthew chapter 3, verse 11 will be up on the screen. John the Baptist says, but someone is coming. Again, we see this attitude. We see this heart. We see this motive of John. But someone is coming who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He's saying this to many Pharisees and Sadducees who, who, who had arrived to kind of watch him baptize, to see him speak to the crowds, wanted to see who was getting all this attention. And he says this right before he baptizes Jesus, but not without trying to talk him out of it. Like, literally, Jesus comes to him and said, this is what God requires. I need to be baptized. But John tries to talk him out of it because he's saying, I'm not worthy. Again, that attitude, that heart, that mindset that Jesus is greater. John knew his role was to point others to Jesus. John is saying it. He's living it. He's breathing it. He's walking the walk and talking the talk. To make Jesus greater. Make Jesus greater. Psalms 115 verse 1 says, Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name goes all the glory. To your name goes all the glory for your unfailing love and faithfulness. It's not about the friend of the bridegroom. It's not about me. It's about the kingdom. And it's all to take place to make way for the Savior. It's all to take place to make way for Jesus, to the one who must become greater. And so can you imagine, like, what kind of an impact could you make if you lived this out each day, to make Jesus greater, to make his name known? What kind of impact could you have? It's not about me. It's about Jesus. And what kind of an impact could we have, church, if we each, every single one of us, lived this out to make Jesus greater? That we're a community, that we're a body of believers that comes together and says we are here to make Jesus greater. It's not about me getting attention. It's not about my name getting out there. Yeah, I'm going to work. And you know what? I may work harder than somebody else or put somebody, uh, excuse me, put more work in one day more so than somebody else. But it's to make Jesus greater, not to make my name known. Just what could happen to our church? What could happen to our community if we live this out? 
John the Baptist lived this out. To make Jesus greater, to point people to Jesus, we must be kingdom-minded. Uh, I share with you guys how I love this uh, verse, John 3.30. Um, if there's one verse that, you know, you'd say, hey, you know, uh, a verse I try to hang my hat on, a verse that I try to say, I, I try to live by and remind myself daily, hey, make Jesus greater. He must become greater and I must become less. It's just to remind my heart, remind my attitude. In times that we're with how I handle my relationships with my wife, with my family, with my friends, with my coworkers in ministry, it's to make Jesus greater. And I have to remind myself because I fail daily. I mess up daily. But I have to remind myself about this, that when I fall and stumble and sound like one of the disciples of John the Baptist, I have to remember and remind myself of John's attitude. When I see other ministries, other churches, other events, other small groups have success, it reminds me to have a kingdom mindset. Not to be so focused as, well, why isn't that happening to me? Why isn't that happening here? Why isn't that, uh, why is that taking place? But to have a kingdom mindset and to be thankful that God is at work. It also, when I look at this passage, uh, makes me thankful that I don't have to wear camel's hair for clothes and that I do get to enjoy cinnamon buns. Um, but I pray that if someone was to describe me, that they would use that passage, John 3.30. John 3.30. That he must become greater and I must become less. Uh, Gail Sayers uh, was a professional football player. You're going to see a few photos of him pop up on the screen. Uh, recently passed away in the last couple of weeks. Um, he was a, um, a, played college at the University of Kansas, was known as the Kansas Comet. Um, he was one of the greatest of all time. Uh, he was twice picked in college as an All-American. Uh, he was a running back for the Chicago Bears for seven seasons in the 60s and 70s. Uh, he was known for his elusiveness and agility. Uh, he was regarded by his peers as one of the most difficult players to tackle. Gail Sayers. Uh, him and his teammate, Brian Piccolo, uh, had a friendship, um, and they were very, very close friends. They encouraged each other when they both went through physical ailments, physical problems. Uh, Brian Piccolo uh, battled and would later pass away from cancer uh, in 1970. But when he passed away, his close friend had passed away, it, it inspired Gail Sayers to write an autobiography. Uh, it was called I Am Third. I Am Third, which in turn led to the creating, uh, uh, creation of the movie uh, Brian's Song. I don't know if any of you guys have seen that really good movie. Um, but it was based off of Gail Sayers' book, I Am Third. In his biography... Uh, Sayer says, God is first, others are second, and I am third. And we see this professional football player live this out. And we see how he's able to encourage those around him, encourage his teammates, encourage his friend. But John the Baptist had a similar attitude in his relationship to Jesus. He knew that he was just the forerunner. John said this, that he must become greater and I must become less. It's about his kingdom not mine, that may we live a life that makes Jesus greater, makes Jesus greater. May we point people to Jesus, not to gather people for ourselves, but may we be kingdom-minded, that our mission here, church, is to help people find and follow Jesus. Um, if you will turn uh, to verse 36, we'll wrap this up here. Um, this chapter ends here. It says, and anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life. 
Anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life, but remains under God's angry judgment. It says anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life. We talked about earlier that a main theme of this book is believe. Uh, how the book of John uh, says it nearly a hundred times. And we see the main theme in John chapter 20, verses 30 through 31. Um, pretty much the main thing is that you would believe so that you could receive spiritual and eternal life. Spiritual and eternal life. And so Christian here today, follower of Jesus, message to you is to make Jesus greater, make Jesus known. That may we have a heart and an attitude and a motive like that of John the Baptist. Remember how he faced opposition, how he went through critics, how he even had his own disciples saying, why is this guy getting all the attention? Why isn't it you? And he was able to remember his place, that God must become greater and that he must become less. And may we be just like that. But if you're sitting there today and you may not know much about Jesus, maybe you've been coming to church for a while or just now starting to lean in, we see here in John that this is for anyone who believes. What we just read in verse 36. Last week we read John chapter 3, verse 14. John chapter 3, verse 16. It says, everyone who believes. Everyone who believes. It's for anyone that would just simply believe in Jesus. That God, in his love for us, sent his one and only son that lived a sinless life, that would later die for us on the cross, be resurrected three days later, and through that defeating death, defeating sin for you and I, that if we would just simply believe in Jesus, that we too can experience this eternal life, this gift that God offers us, that we, if we would just simply believe. And I don't know where you're at today. Maybe that's you that needs to make that decision, makes that step. We're going to have a moment to respond for you guys. There's going to be somebody back in one of the Connect Corners. We'd love just to have that conversation with you about what it looks like for you to believe, to follow Jesus. And realize what God has done for us. Church, may we make Jesus greater. If you will pray with me. Father, we come before you this morning, God. Giving you thanks. Thanks for how you used John the Baptist, God. And how he was able to realize the calling that you had placed on his life. The purpose that you had given him had given him, God, was to make you greater and how he lived it out. God, may we too realize the difference we can make, God, by just simply making you greater and choosing each day to make ourselves less. That we would make your name above all other names. That we would exalt your name. That our lives would look just like that. We give you all the honor and glory and praise. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.